Have you ever found yourself feeling out of control and overwhelmed with all the chaos in the world? As mothers, we're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Joyfully Prepared guides and reassures mothers that they can create a home of love, unity, and laughter, as well as produce an atmosphere of resourcefulness and resilience. I know a lot about a few things and a little about a lot of things. I'm your host, Wendy Bergen, and this is the Joyfully Prepared Podcast. Welcome to the Joyfully Prepared Podcast. I'm so glad you're listening. I'm happy to introduce you to my friend and guest, Jody Chafee. Thanks, Jody. Hi, Wendy. Thanks for Hi. having me. I'm happy for you to be here. Jody Chafee is the founder of Our Modern Heritage Academy, LLC, where she empowers families to live more intentionally, cultivate their vision and values, and prepare their children to grow into their life's purpose and mission. You can listen to her wherever you subscribe to podcasts on the family culture movement. Jody is a seasoned podcaster, homeschool mom, and family culture master in training. She obtained a degree in health promotion and lifespan development and loves all things parenting, health, entrepreneurship, and homeschooling. She started studying personal development and business culture and looked for ways to apply it to her family. This resulted in a powerful framework for confronting cultural norms, defining successful cultures, and applying them to families who want to transform their family culture, live with intention, and defy the status quo. Jody loves singing, podcasting, marketing strategies, and reading. She and her family live in Idaho. Yay for Jody! <laughs> hey, Wendy, how's it going? I'm, it's good. I'm so glad you could be on the on the podcast with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, I just want people to know more about you. Like, how did you find that family culture was your thing? How did that develop? And how are you a master in training as well? Yeah, yeah well, I don't call myself an expert anymore just because I'm always learning. And I am really still at the beginning of my journey, even though I've been going through this for above five years now. But it started out because, you know, I'm homeschooling my kids and, you know, they're still kind of little, they still have some time to develop and figure out what they're going to do with their lives. But I'm thinking, what are they going to do with their lives? <laughs> you know, how do I raise these kids to be successful and ambitious? Yeah. And, and wait a minute, what exactly is success? Right? Like, and so I started kind of asking those kinds of questions and also observing at the time when I started my podcast, um, I think the Olympics, I don't remember what year, it was 2016, right? So anyway, there were Olympics going on, I think. And I was like, how are these young kids so successful? Like, I can't believe they're even thinking about being professional athletes when they're like little and then they're, they're competing in this world stage, right? And meanwhile... Um, Michael and I, my husband, we were also going through a transition because we were realizing, wait a second, we haven't even figured this out ourselves <laughs> because the path that we've always been told all our lives was the right path, right? Go to school and work hard and get good grades and then prepare and go to college and work hard and get good grades and get those degrees so that at some point you're going to have a job waiting for you and you will be able to work hard, get the grade <laughs> and continue to climb the ladder. Right. And, and when we finished our college degrees, it was in the height of the recession. 
And so though that path, like we were on that train chugging along and it like died and it was like, wait, what do we do now? Um, <laughs> we were completely lost. And yet we were strapped with all of the adult struggles. We have four little children. We have student loan debt. We have a home. We have a car payment. You know, we have life of uh, the adulting that we were supposed to be doing and being prepared for that actually we hadn't been prepared for. And, and we didn't even have like a solid direction or path of where we were going to be capable of doing that. And, and so we're looking, and we're looking around at our peers who chose the quote unquote right path, figuring these things out. And so it was like, dang, what did we miss? You know? And uh, so I, I just, I wanted to become an investigator of what's going on in families like these Olympian families that make them successful What's going on in these career path college kids who know what they're going to be doing all their lives? And if that's even the best way to do things, how do I define success in, in our families? And what does that really even look like? And being in the homeschool community, I was hearing this concept of family culture and how we, we have this, this like <laughs> obligation in a way or, or mission of how to define the dynamics in our homes in order to create an environment for learning and growth and all this kind of stuff. Right. And so I became that investigator and I was like, okay, I got, I know these people in the homeschool community. I'm just going to ask them if I can interview them on a podcast, you know, and they agreed uh, to my surprise. <laughs> I was like, Oh, they said, yes. Okay. Um, now what? Um, so I just started talking to them. And if you, when you go back and you listen to the, my earliest podcast episodes, it is kind of painful, but <laughs> not really, but it's, it is, it's still like, I'm just kind of like, I'm an investigator. I'm really just trying to figure out. Cause I really felt like I'm going to start with a blank slate. Because I honestly, like, as much as I have, you know, these four kids and I study, I like to study and read and I had been reading parenting books and all this kind of stuff. I was still like, look, as far as I know, I have something to learn from everyone, right? So I want to find out what they're doing, what their advice is. And so that's how it started. And how it's going is, is I'm on a completely different path <laughs> than we were five years ago. Um, it's, it's a long story, but you know, it's something that um, now I feel so very strongly about family culture and how vital it is to confront the cultural legacies that we are we, and default patterns that we grow up with in order to decide whether or not it's the right thing for us. It's not, everyone's path to just go to college and expect that that degree is going to prepare them for their lives. It's not true. And yet that is the narrative that we are fed in public school or whatever. And there are reasons for that, that go back to maybe political and ethical things that I don't want to go into, but <laughs> you know, there, there are reasons why a lot of these things have happened. And there are, there are, there are things that in the past maybe did work. Okay. But because our economy is changing and our society is changing. We really need to look critically at those defaults and those beliefs and those norms and, and really confront them and think for ourselves, like, is this really going to work for me? And is it going to work for our children? And if not, how to define what will work? 
And that's where parents, I think a lot of times these days are floundering because it's like, well, that didn't work for me, but what do I do now? You know, so it's like, and, and, you know, you keep hearing all these statistics that like 80% of the jobs that our children will have don't exist today or something, you know? And so I just really wanted to understand how to have a clear sense of direction without necessarily adhering to all of the, the norms and narratives that I, that I grew up with. And not necessarily because they were bad or anything like that, but it's, they just don't work anymore. And, um, and, and that, that applies in, in so many aspects of family life and career and, and all these different things. And so, so yeah, I became very obsessed with this idea of family culture and, and I love it. It's, it's so, <laughs> it's, it's everything. Like to me, it was one of those things that I became unplugged from like the matrix, right? Where yeah. <laughs> I see it in everything. And, <laughs> and so, and it makes up all of our language and without us really even recognizing it because it is so much our default and, and I want to have a goal. My goal is to help to widen the cultural lens. I didn't make up that term. That was somebody that I interviewed said that. And, and also to, to confront cultural legacies and norms. And, and by confront, it's not necessarily saying reject. It's becoming aware. Awareness is the first step. Yeah. I, you know, as I'm listening to you, and I don't remember exactly how you said it, but you made the point that as parents, we walk into parenthood with usually only one way of parenting is the way we were parented, right? Yeah, and we walk into that and we're like, dun, 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 this is what I know. And then you start to interact with your kid. Well, you don't start, but you're interacting with your kids and they're not doing it the way it seemed like it was done. Like you did it when spouse. you were, Yeah. That, that you're, too. Yeah. You're bringing both dynamics right. into a, a family that you're going, okay, how do we make this new family, right. this new dynamic work? Yeah. And so, and then, but the, you said something to the effect of parents don't even realize that's happening. Like they don't even, like you said, an awareness, they, they just keep trying to shove the thing, their own parenting down their kids' throats. And I'm not saying that, that the parents don't love their kids, but they just, just what they know. That's what they know. And I have been, I've done the same thing as a parent and I've learned that. Uh, and as my husband and I have tried to combine our parenting <laughs> styles, which, which is, I guess we could go on tour as a comedy. Um, but I have learned that the exercise of parenting or the, whatever you want, it's all about who can stay out of pain the most mm. will the child stay out of pain or will the parents stay out of pain and the parent usually tries to you know the authoritarian part of it right you do this because this is the way da 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 i said so i just had a moment with my daughter right before this podcast and i won <laughs> i didn't hurt any i didn't hurt anybody but she wasn't listening right and then I was in a hurry to get on the podcast. And mm -hmm. so I kind of defaulted back into this authoritarian style and she still loves me, all that kind of stuff, but I didn't really win friends and, you know, that way today. There's always a cost. It's always it, right. But I was trying to stay out of pain. I was trying to stop yeah. pain that she was causing, but I was also trying to stay out of pain. And mm -hmm. I think that's the parenting 
you know, tightrope that we walk is that we love our kids. We adore our kids, but they cause us pain, <laughs> right? you know, but we cause them pain too. And so there's got to be this culture that you design so that you understand, you love and respect one another. So there doesn't need to be pain. There doesn't need to be unmet expectations, right? right? Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And there, because like I was saying, I think I said this on the last episode that I was on, right? Where a lot of the struggle in our parenting comes from, we're just playing from behind. We're playing catch up. Yeah. And, and, and so you're not prepared always for the different things that arise. And so you fall back on those default patterns because mm-hmm. that's all, you know, and it, like you said, it avoids the pain that we're trying to, to, to avoid because it's usually because it's like we chop it off, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're just like, no, I, well, I'm the mom. I'm in charge. This is what I, this is what we do. And this is how I say it. So that's how it's going to go. And that's, that's not going to, it, you're still playing from behind. You're not seeing a bigger picture, right? Like that, that's, that's where a lot of family culture is having a bigger picture. That's a big component of, being able to cultivate that is because you have a vision of a bigger picture. That's not just this moment of what am I being triggered and I'm going to react to that trigger and shut down every conversation because that's what I want. We're just talking about how we bring into, we want to be parents and especially as moms Gosh, we just love these children. We just yeah. love them. We eat them up. We want everything to be easy and perfect mm-hmm. for them so that they go into the world, this joyful little creature, and they just do all the wonderful things that they were meant to do. And then, and we think, especially when they're babies, I remember, especially with my last one, I'm like, I'm not going to yell at this one because she's the perfect one. And I'm a better mom than I was at the beginning of the five. You know what I mean? And that hasn't happened. <laughs> I did have yelled at at the last one, but, and so we're, we're trying our best to, to do our best and it doesn't get met, especially moms with teenagers. They're starting this evolution, this angst of, you know, and they have all this stuff pouring in through social media and texting and all the different things. And it's hard for a mom, especially to know how to approach the child, how to stay connected, what activities I want them to learn on their own, but I still want to, you know, take all the pain away from them. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of lose ourselves in it. Right. And so we, we become that term that helicopter parenting or even the bulldozer parenting, thinking that we can help them to avoid the pain and, and get ahead of it that way. So I heard this really great TEDx talk it was given by this guy, Javier Sanchez. It's really good. He talks about how so much of our lives is being trapped between the fear of failure and the pressure to perform, mm-hmm. right? And that's a lot of that pain that you're talking about. It stems from, from those two aspects of our existence, right? Like we, we want to perform, but we're, and we're afraid of failing, but it doesn't, that's just stress. It's all just stress. And so we react to situations by, by feeling that anxiety and that pressure to perform. And so like this idea of trying to push our kids into doing things or getting ahead of them to bulldoze their path so that they can, they don't experience those different kinds of pains. But if you're looking, 
that's not looking at a big picture because in the big picture, we understand that pain is part of the growth process. We understand that that our kids need to experience certain things in order to de develop certain characteristics and values and things like that, you know? And so it's really important for us as parents to cultivate that bigger picture, to create an environment of safety, trust, and purpose. And it, it's, it's, so those, those three values, those three principles of culture come from a book called The Culture Code. It's really amazing. I read it, you know, he, it's a book and another, again, it's one of those books that's written in the perspective of a business culture mm. and like how to make an organization flourish. And I listen to it, I read it and I go, okay, this is how you do it in families. Right. Yeah. And because it's so important in families that we create an environment of safety, that we have enough vulnerability that that vulnerability leads to trust because you can have vulnerability, but if it doesn't lead to trust, then you're, it's only leading to manipulation and that creates a toxic environment right and then having purpose a, a shared purpose especially as a family is really important to be able to cultivate but also with our youth cultivating their individual purpose right and and then being able to kind of like it's, it's a struggle because like you say like we need to be we're like wanting to help them to avoid that pain because we're a family, right? Like we, as families, we support each other. Everything that happens is so-and-so happens. Like we all feel the effects of it. And so we all want to try and avoid that pain, right? But really, it's being able to know how to respond to pain. You know, it's because, like you said, we want, when you said you're, four, you're a fifth ch child, you're like, oh, she's so good. I never want to shout at them again. Um, or, or I really want things to play out this way so that they have this successful life. Well, the reality is in life, we cannot map out every aspect of our lives. Stuff happens, right? Everything, our paths converge in different ways that we weren't expecting. You know, for the last five years, I've been studying family culture. My family has experienced all kinds of convergence. <laughs> like, okay, like my husband quit his job because we both felt so strongly that this path is dying and it's a dead end and we are trying to make it work and it's not, right? And there's no script or handbook that says what to do when you don't have a job or an income for two years. It's <laughs> true. Right? Like there's nothing out there to help you to figure out what to do and or where to go from there or even if you're applying to you know okay here's how you fill out your resume blah 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 okay we did all that there's nothing there's no handbook of instructions for when our if our kids have depression or suicidal thoughts or or values that are different from ours you know like yeah. different kinds of things right like yeah. yes, there isn't a script for all of that stuff mm -hmm. And so, but as parents, we want to come in and be like, no, this is how you believe you're going to do this and that because you're in our, under our roof. And so this is how the rules are. And that authoritarian, authoritarian style of parenting is really from a place of scarcity and lack and vulnerability, like insecurity rather, not, not like the kind of vulnerability that leads to trust, but the kind of vulnerability that leads to insecurity. Right? Yeah. And and so it's, it just becomes a manipulative and toxic environment that eventually kids, because it's our natural part of our development to become individuals, yeah. <laughs> right? That they, it's, like a, it's like a subconscious thing in our development to confront those things and go, wait, 
I don't like this. This doesn't feel right. And so that is a natural and important process for each of us to go through as individuals. And kids go through it when they're in their toddler years and then they go through it again when they're teens, right? Where they are subconsciously shaping their values, right? Because that's really how our values are shaped. Something happens and we go, I don't like that. And that is, or something happens in the good side, you know, I do like that, you know? And so though that is like the simplest form of how we shape our values is something rubs us the wrong way or something feels right, right? And, and that starts to form our compass. In, in family culture, I like to talk a lot about navigating <laughs> this like road trip. You know, like when we first start out as parents, we're like, oh, well, all those people on that major highway seem to know where they're going. Let's just follow the crowd, right? Yeah. And, or, or what our parents did or, or what, whatever. When the reality is like, we might actually need to exit or go the other direction, right? Like we have to figure that out for ourselves. And so as we navigate this family culture, we need to define what our values are. We need to be able to define what creates a sense of safety in our homes, what is going to cultivate trust in our homes. And there's a lot, there's different components that I talk about and teach about that, that do create that like leadership and communication and, and environment and um, understanding our family narratives as they come up. And, you know, these are all things that define that safety, that trust and that purpose. And it's all part of a navigational strategy that, you know, defining your family culture and your identity is like that vehicle, right? Like we're not all going to fit into that family, that sports car. So that, not always going to okay you can't dad you can't watch sports all day long and expect us to have a cohesive relationship okay like or things like that right and so it does it may require a shift in those values you know what we gotta get that minivan (laughs) because we all gotta figure out how to work together as a cohesive unit and it means you know um, metaphorically fitting into the same vehicle right and and so you got to define where some of those things are coming from that shape your identity as a family. And then you navigate where you're going to (laughs) go. There are different components that help you to navigate those that, that are strategies that I teach about. And then there's also maintenance of that vehicle, you know, vehicles in life, they aren't just going to keep running and running and running at some point. And that's how we are in life. We are constantly changing. We are constantly in need, in need of refilling the t- our, t- our metaphorical tanks, right? And, and all those different things that are essential for maintaining healthy relationships. And those, are, those all fit into like a navigational metaphor that I like to talk about because you have to do intentionally. There's this expectation or this belief that, well, families are natural, right? And this is the natural part of our existence. We should... We, we, it's natural to know how to be a parent, right? No, you can't go and become a professional anything unless you go on to get some special training. Well, that's how it is with our families. We, we aren't going to really truly be successful without some kind of training. You can do that on your own. You can get some professional training and help, but it's all part of this process of learning how to be the family culture expert of your own family, right? Yeah. We claim we don't have this handbook of instruction. We don't need one if you can write your own. Huh. That's brilliant, right? Yeah. 
And that's what, that's really what intentional family culture is about. Yeah. I want to teach people how to write your own handbook of instructions. I love that. And how empowering is that? You know what I mean? That's truly empowering for a mother because we're talking about moms, but for spouses, for these parents and that they can be healthy enough and confident enough in yeah. what they're trying to do that they can involve their children, that yeah. everybody in, has input into this, this trip, right? This journey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And if you have, when you have these tools and you're equipped with these navigational tools and things like that, where you know where you're going, mm-hmm. then like I said, you're not coming from behind. You're ahead of it. You're, you know, you already know how to navigate where things are, how things are going to play out because you have a compass or you have standards or you know there's the standards are the road signs along the way like you we do need to have standards right we don't we don't want to cross the yellow line and go well we i can do whatever i want right it's like that's that's you know we can't just go and abuse our siblings and say well i can do whatever i want no we have standards um and and we but we we define what those standards are standards are based on the values that we are cultivating and, and then establishing communication patterns and establishing um, a means of, of defining those default patterns that we have, like we talked about in the, in this short episode is that, you know, those default patterns and how we cope with things are going to initially or, or ultimately inform how we uh, cultivate trust in our homes. Yeah. So it's, there's, it's fun. It, it, it really it's is kind of fun. I think it's fun. It's, it's fascinating. Well, I, and I think too, just to kind of wrap this up that what I'm hearing, you know, I'm hearing all this amazing stuff. And I was, I'm thinking about, I mean, I've been a mom now for 23 years and I wish I would have known this as a mom 23 years ago. I'm sure I wasn't ready to hear it, but, but these are the ways that you show your family love. That's, that's what I'm hearing. Learning how to establish the communication, the standards, the values, and then being consistent. And that's what, because we're like, oh, you just have to love them. Well, you do have to love them, but there needs to be some some guideposts and there needs to be something you're, that you as the mother are working towards, like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. You can count on me to do these things. Yeah, I'm going to screw up here and there. You're going to know when I screw up, but I'm going to come back and you're going to see me working on this. And that's how you know I love you. But this is, you know, I'm trying to say, but these ways are the ways of love. Instead of just, you just have to love them. Yeah, you do. What does that love, what does it mean? What does love actually look like? Right. This is the context of navigating all of the upsets and roadblocks and detours and and breakdowns and things along the way. And you know, one of the one of the questions that I get a lot is like, well, what if you're the only one trying to be intentional about your family culture? And and the truth is, like that can be enough. Because if you're the, if you, as the leader, a leader in your home, like I talk about leadership, you're driving the car, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and don't allow the, 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 the rampaging toddler or the raging teenager take the wheel, right? Like that you're at the wheel. And so you get to define what happens 
whenever there is a trigger or an upset or a breakdown or anything like that, if you are at the wheel, you get to, to decide. And I don't mean that in an authoritarian type of way. I mean that in a, I'm going to be conscious of what's going on. What am I being triggered? Who is being triggered? What's being triggering, right? Like there's all the, my, it's, it was so interesting hearing my 10, 11 year old say the word trigger, like in the right context. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> because she's learning this language, right? Like it's, it's, it, it, cause it is in a lot of ways, a language that we all endure different types of traumas and tragedies and heartaches and, and all these different things. And to just bulldoze those things is not the answer. We have to be able to approach them without judgment and with compassion and being able to, to use them as a tool or an opportunity to unify and strengthen your family as the leader in your home. And so if it's just you and you're the only one and even your husband or your spouse or whatever is like, uh, this sounds hokey. Like I, I just want to be able to come home from work and have dinner and watch my TV show and go to bed, right? Like, or whatever, you know, and it's like, okay, but eventually that's going to come around and bite you. Okay. All of it comes back to this ability to navigate the bigger picture and having a compass to guide you so that you can make choices based on your values and based on how you're going to create that safety, trust, and purpose in your family. And, you know, Stephen Covey talks a lot about, like, he has a whole book about the seven habits of successful families. And, you know, he talks about, like, an airline pilot is off course 98% of the time or whatever, right? But he's still, he keeps redirecting, reads to get back on course. And as the parent, that's our job is to keep, getting everybody back on course, getting us back on course with love, with compassion, without judgment, right? And because without judgment, that means that you can look at the situation and respond to it based on your values on how to go towards an outcome without necessarily forcing that outcome, but doing it out of love Mm -hmm. and patience and And trust and and being able to say, well, let's all learn what we need to out of this situation in this situation, because like I mentioned, I mentioned before we even started recording, I think it was that, you know, in our society, in our culture, we measure success by events, by things that happen, by avoiding the pain. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's like, all right, I shut that down. I'm, I'm successful. Right. And, but that's not really what success looks like. Success happens in the process. And if we are always on that upward trajectory or constantly re, um, readjusting to realign towards the vision that we have for that success, then we are successful, right? Like we can't rely on those events. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah. Perfect. I'm not going to even say anymore because that was the perfect, <laughs> well, it was just a perfect ending. I think that that was wonderful. So I'm really, <laughs> thank you so much for bringing all of your knowledge and expertise to us today is like now you have a podcast why don't you tell a little bit more about your podcast so yeah I have the it's called the family culture movement and it's it's gone through an evolution uh over the five years that I've been doing that like I said in the beginning you'll hear a lot of just me going so how does that work (laughs) and things like that 
And and then as it as it comes to the more current episodes, I I'm more interested in confronting cultural legacies, and that's a term that I heard from Malcolm Gladwell actually, where he talks about you know that that is really how we learn how to become successful is not just falling on those back on those defaults, um, because a lot of times those patterns are not leading us to success but we need to be able to confront them and redefine what success is for us. And so that's more what you'll hear towards the end of more current uh, episodes. And um, so you can go check that out at the family, uh, home and family or wherever you listen to podcasts, just search the family culture movement, or you can search my name and you can see all the interviews that I've done because sometimes I get to express myself even more <laughs> when I'm interviewed because uh, I don't do a lot of solo episodes. I do a lot of interviews because like I said, I don't consider myself an expert yet. I still have a lot to learn and I, and I'm still learning from everybody that I talk to and I love talking to people about yeah. this. So, Well, you're passionate about it, obviously. Yeah. And I'm grateful for your passion and you're doing good work and all the different links dot coms and all the things we'll put all the links in the show notes so you can find jody when you get around to checking those out so thank you again so much i'm i'm really grateful that you were able to come and and be with yeah. me today thank you wendy I, I really appreciate it a lot thanks thank you so much for listening to joyfully prepared i'm grateful for you and appreciate you inviting me into your life Please subscribe and tell all your friends about this delightful podcast. Leaving a joyful review would earn you all sorts of karma points too. I invite you to join my free Facebook group at www.joyfulprepgroup.com and join with other like-minded mothers.